This has been a while since I've done this. I don't know how to actually start. It's been how many? I think years? we're all in the same boat. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to kick this off. But welcome back to Fresh Mondays podcast. My name is Marley, and we are back with an amazing story uh, of where we've we been in this hiatus. And then we definitely have seen you guys cheering us on. I want to welcome back the amazing co-host of Fresh Mondays podcast, Diana. Hi, everybody. What's up? Please, please, I apologize for my voice. You're going to hear it hopping in and out. And I'm going to explain why my voice is so hoarse. But I'm so happy to be back. We're back doing what we do with our Fresh Mondays podcast. And thank you so much for everybody who follows, subscribes, and make sure to support um, as Marty said, we know we've been seeing the love. We've been seeing you guys hitting us up. A lot of people have been asking a lot of questions. When is the new episode coming out? And finally, we are here. We are here. And so what we want to touch on is where we've been, what's been going on um, in both lives, because I can chime in as well. Um, and kind of what, especially Diana has been experiencing, I guess, in the past uh, three, four weeks, month. Um, I would say. I lost count. Here. We're hitting definitely a solid two months. Are we? Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm terrible with time and things like that, so don't yeah, worry. No. Me. By the way, this is episode 65, Marley, by the way. Yeah, that was at 50 still. But, yeah. um, so also we have special guests in the room, so we don't want to forget that. We do have special guests. Special guests to the right of Diana, please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Robert. I am the boyfriend. <laughs> the boyfriend. I love how this is in characters, by the way. Right. <laughs> the characters. And then to the right of Robert, introduce yourself, right? Is that Hi, the... I'm Stephanie. I'm Diana's friend. Character number two, the friends. So, by the way, these are character witnesses' story. <laughs> For the validity of the story, this is pretty much what's going on, guys. <laughs> so, um, without further ado, Diana, I guess let's start from. Do we want to start from the beginning or the end? Where well, we're now? We can definitely start by saying the reason that I was unavailable was because I had a very tragic experience. So we can, we can definitely just jump right into it. As you guys know, our podcast, we want to dedicate it to enriching people and to give people information, not only with their entrepreneurship, not only with their dreams, not only with trying to figure things out as far as being a savvy business person or knowing how to grow in a financial sense, but we also want people to have awareness about their health and how to stay in a healthy state physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm gonna go ahead and talk about this is because I think that in a way, my experience allowed me to learn a lot about my health and about what can happen when things go wrong. So just to start off, um, I guess I can explain, as you guys may know, um, those who are, uh, who are close to me, those who may have heard through a friend, I recently went through a pretty tragic medical experience where I had to have multiple surgeries in order to kind of save my life. So I'll start with that. So the way that it started was the reason my boyfriend and my friend are here is because they were here throughout the experience and they're going to be able to tell you guys what it's like to be on the outside. I'm the person that went through it. And then these are the people who are here to see and to be the support system for me. And I think that that way it can kind of give you a full story. Mm -hmm. So the way that it started with me, I had a really bad stomach ache on a, a Monday, right? On a Monday. On a Monday night. 
And my stomach ache started like at, I want to say like at 12 midnight, one in the morning. And I still had a stomach ache two, three hours later. And I thought I was going to be okay. I said, you know what? I'll be fine. Let me drink something. I drank painkillers. I was, I drank tea. (laughs) So um, I was convinced that I was going to be fine. Then Mm -hmm. um, Robert, my boyfriend, he basically said, we have to go to the ER. Side note, I hate going to the emergency room. I feel like you waste a lot of time there. They usually tell you nothing is wrong. Well, usually in my life, it's things are never usually wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and at the end of the day, I don't really like hospitals. You know, just like a lot of other people in our age bracket, we kind of just take things for granted. Sure. So I didn't want to go to the hospital and he convinced me. So when we got to the ER, we were both just like not taking it seriously to make a long story short, they ended up telling me I had to stay and I had to be admitted. So when I was admitted, um, they said that I was having some type of a, how can I say this delicately without giving too much details? I was having, my body was not reacting well and that they needed to make sure to see what was going on. So they did a few CAT scans, they did a few, um, what else they did that, that when they put you in the machine, they did two, an MRI, right. <clears throat> so when they did that, um, a surgeon ended up coming to the um, hospital room where I was at and told me that they can't see what was going on, but it seemed like there was an obstruction inside my body and that the only way they can truly see what was going on was by performing surgery. Um, I, at first I was apprehensive for shallow reasons because I don't want to scar. And I was like, is there anything we could do? Can we just wait? You know what I mean? Can I take some medication? Um, I started throwing up out of control. I started having all kinds of pains. I think I almost had a heart attack if I, if I could be roaching. And then um, they ended up giving me surgery. At this point, things started getting a little hazy. And this is when things got a little complicated. And this is when my family and my boyfriend had to experience a lot of difficult news. So I would say, I, I mean, if you can kind of explain how you received the information. Sure. I mean, from the beginning, I have the same... I guess, sentiment towards going to the emergency room. I was not a fan of it, uh, but just seeing the, the type of pain that Diana was, was experiencing, I said, you know what, we should go to the emergency room. What's the worst that can happen? You know, we, we spend like two, four hours, and then we go home. So we had no idea that this was going to be the very beginning of a large storm. Um, but it was, a, it was actually a really good decision that we went into the emergency room and that they ended up discovering um, a very serious issue. So we did that and um, things just, you know, one thing led to another thing and then she ended up having to have a couple different uh, very serious procedures. Right. Um, again, you know, in the very beginning, we had no idea that this was going to be such a serious um, event. You know, we were there thinking we're going to be there for a couple of hours and then we're going to get to go home. Um, but that really wasn't the case. Right. Because what happened was like, I had one surgery and then I will, when I woke up from surgery, um, shortly after they were telling me we have to do another emergency surgery. And I would say that was within like a 12 hour time frame. Like, I don't even want to quote exact time. Cause you know, I was out of it when you wake up and it takes time for you to kind of realize what's going on. And um, my surgeon was like, you know, Basically, something is wrong. We need to go back. So when they went back, they went in back to back. So I think I had the next two surgery, surgery two and three, were literally like 
within that same time, that time frame. That I think it was like the same day of the week type of thing. Wow. So yeah, the, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot for a body to handle in general for anyone's body physically to handle. Um, I want to commend, of course, the boyfriend, the character in this, mm-hmm. uh, of pushing people who are like, even like myself, I'm pretty stubborn when it comes to like going to the hospital, going to the doctors. I'm almost like, the you know, I think a lot of us are, where we're like adults, you're just like, kind of like, this will all heal itself. It'll all just go away. Especially if you've like already felt that pain once or twice before in the past. And it's kind of hard. I can do this. Like this shouldn't be a big deal. Right. But when I saw Diana hold, like kind of hold on to the wall, that's when I said, you know what? We should definitely go to that. That was the peak point of like, that okay. Was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good advice. When you have to like cringe and hold on to the wall, guys, you need to go to the yard. Like, yeah, that's when it gets scary. That's where it's, especially if it's painful, because it was pain or it was just like it was excruciating pain. Like to be honest with you, I feel like I'm a straight punk now. Like I don't even know if I could do natural childbirth because it was such a crazy pain. I would never want to feel anything like that again in my life. So it was kind of like it kind of. I feel like I take I took my youth for granted. Like, you know, when you're young, you always assume that nothing is going to happen to you. Like, you don't think of your mortality. You don't think of, of passing away. You don't think of illnesses. You just don't think that way. You know what I mean? And like, even when like, even especially when you're like in your early 20s, you drink like crazy, you eat a lot of junk. You know what I'm saying? And then as you get older, you kind of slow that kind of stuff down because you realize the long-term effects. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that that was kind of something that I was experiencing that it's like, you know what? I was cocky. I was like, I'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like nothing's ever wrong with me. And it ended up being another situation. So there's always an ongoing joke that I've seen before on Twitter where they say in your, you're like a teenager, your mom makes all your doctor's appointments, all your dentists and blah, blah, blah. The moment you hit like 20 something, 30, you ain't making none of those appointments. There is no one there. You're just like, God, just save me out here. I'm going to make it out here. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to survive all of this. And that's kind of how we are. Like through your twenties and like, most some of your thirties, you're just like, we just out here surviving. We right. make. It. I don't have to go to all of that. So and a lot of people don't have insurance because they don't got good jobs. Also, when they're young, so it's like that has a lot to do with it too. Well, I think also like what happens is as you hit thirty and you know you um, get older from there, the reality of death becomes more real in your life. You know, um, so you start taking things a little bit more serious. You know, when you're mid thirties and you're approaching 40, you start taking more preventative measures. So that's the way people around you are passing away from certain things that you're just like, that's random. Or like, like, what do you mean that person had cancer? Like super just random things start happening when you start getting older, more more people start passing away. And that's when you start realizing. You start realizing your family history and you're actually paying attention when you were young and they were telling you, you know, your uncle, your grandma, your father might have this, but then when you're in your 30s, you're like, wow, I can really genetically have this as like, well. Yeah, like it's for real, I could pass, be passed down to exactly. me. Exactly, yeah. you start paying more attention. That's very, very true. Yeah. Right, so to get back to the timeline, um, uh, after like surgery three, uh, my family, I guess that's when my family started flying in. Um, thank you so much to my family. S- support systems are really big in these situations because you don't realize how important it is for people to be cheer you on on the sidelines mm-hmm. when you go through things like this until you think about what would this be like if I was by myself in this room? You know what I mean? Like, what would it feel like if I woke up from the surgery and nobody came to visit me and nobody was checking on me? Like, it's, it's a really big deal. 
So it's like, I, I feel like at that time, my family being present, it was a, it was a, a huge part of my recovery. So um, during this experience, um, unfortunately, I had to continue getting surgery. So surgery four and five was, was complicated as well. And I couldn't speak. That's the reason why I was having, I'm having this issue with my voice and my vocal cords were, I would say, a little traumatized from all the intubations. Because an intubation is what they do when they provide oxygen to your lungs when you're getting surgery. So they put a tube in your throat um, to allow you to breathe while you're getting surgery. Um, one of the worst things about being intubated is if you're not breathing correctly, you have to be awake when they take the tube out, which I went through. And that's, that's, yeah, it's, it's really bad. But if you're lucky, they can take it out before you wake up. So a few times I had to be awake when they were taking it out. Cause remember, this is a lot of surgeries. So, um, I, during this whole time, I wasn't allowed to speak or, I mean, better said, I couldn't speak. So I was kind of communicating, trying to write things down, trying to half text. That wasn't easy at all. So that was, that was hard for like the people who were concerned about me to see, because they were like, you know, what's happening here. So as, as that was going on, I wasn't allowed to consume anything via my mouth. I couldn't drink water. I couldn't eat ice chips. I couldn't consume food. I was on a bunch of IVs and like things that were just keeping me alive. And that is when I tell you that's the realest thing a person can go through, that you just, you take for granted that you can drink water every single day. And when you're not allowed to even take a sip of water and your throat's on fire because you just went through like the craziest experience of somebody ripping a tube out of your throat and you can't even take a sip of water, that it changes you. It, it kind of just changes the perspective on a lot of things in life. And I feel like those were the moments that were the hardest for me because they kept on telling me, but we're not finished we still have to continue doing more surgeries. So it was just, it was, it, was, it was very difficult for myself and for the people around me because it's like, when is this gonna all end? Everybody started telling me that we have people praying. I had family coming in from Puerto Rico, family coming from the Dominican Republic, and they were just, you know, all taking shifts, staying with me. Um, he stayed with me almost every single night in the hospital. And when he did it, my father did. So I, in total, I was in the hospital for 50 days. The entire 50 days I was there, I didn't sleep alone, not one night. And that's because my, my dad or my boyfriend stayed with me every single night because they didn't want to allow me to be by myself. No, of course. And not a lot of people, we were talking about um, not knowing family history, but not a lot of people also experience situations like this where you have to be a support system for someone going through this. And for, um, like I myself have never had a surgery before. Right. So I don't and I can imagine you yourself just never been through that kind of situation where you don't know where this is going to end. Like, where's the finish line to having all of these situations? And so also for the family members, also in the support system, like not knowing when it's going to end, but being still supportive and encouraging, I guess. And that's not the, I don't know if that's the right word, but just still be like that stone that be like, we're going to get through this. We're going to get past it because even you guys have no idea what's happening. Right. Yeah. Just to piggyback on this whole support system thing. And I'm all, I'm very grateful as well that she has you know the a family that is very supportive because um, when she was in ICU just walking around you know the different uh, units that are in the ICU section noticing how many individuals 
were in very critical condition and were there by themselves and did not have family. Let me tell you, Diana has had someone in that room nonstop. There was always someone in that room. If it wasn't me, it was her father. If it wasn't her father, it was her mom, um, her tia, abuela, you know, Estefania. Um, it was it was very um, humbling, and I'm very grateful to see that the the girl that I love had nothing but uh, continuous uh, support throughout this experience. And it was a learning situation for me to know the importance of having a support system because there are moments where I needed <laughs> some support, um, you know, and it, it actually made me um, a little bit more grateful to having, you know, friends and realizing how important it is to have really good friends around you. Um, Sometimes when you're going through a traumatic experience, granted, she's the one that is going through the most traumatic experience, but um, coming from me, it was, it was a very traumatic experience, um, mm -hmm. not knowing what the outcome is going to be after all of this, just to have someone to talk to and someone to just, just hear me out. You know, so I'm grateful for, her. she was there. She, she Stephanie was um, a good friend to me and which I could, you know, just call, hey, listen, man, I'm just going through a hard time. I just need to let you guys know, like, this is like, it seems like a never ending um, storm. And everyone else, and you know who you are, um, that was there that I was able to, you know, just call and, and just talk, you know, just have someone that would just listen to me um, while I'm going through my experiences on my end. Yeah. And Stephanie, how did you, because I got a 6 a.m., 4, 5 a.m. text message from Stephanie saying, call me. And Stephanie writing, call me. I was like, what is happening on the um, other side of the world to me? I was like, that's 4 o'clock in the morning. What is going on? <laughs> this is serious. My time. <laughs> I'm not going to morning my time. I was like, this is yeah. serious. She's um, so Robert, um, he had messaged me and he just told me, you know, please keep Diana in your prayers. And when someone sends you that text message, you're like, okay, what is happening? Mind you, I haven't heard it from Diana. Usually I talk to Diana pretty much every day, if not every other day. And I hadn't heard from her. And I thought she had she was traveling for some reason. So I just was like, okay, I haven't heard from her. And then he texts me and, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then I called him. And then that's when he told me what's happening. And I kind of paused and I'm like, okay, how, how can I help the situation? I'm, you know, offering help just like everybody. Do you want me to go there? What do you want me to do? What do you need? Do you need me to take the dog? Do you need me to do like, you know, just trying to figure a way how to be a support system for them. And um, he's like, just keep praying. And you know what, I, that's all I could do. And I was just there to support him because it, it's, it was so hard to see him being so broken by what was happening to her. And it was like a side effect. And mm -hmm. I was just his ear. And if that's how he needed me and how he needed my help, then that was, that was it, that was my role. And anytime he needed to call, 10 o'clock in the night, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, you know, between breaks. Like if he needed to just let it out, hey, I'm gonna answer the phone. You don't even have to tell me, is it okay? Like, no, just, I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna answer. And, and that was my role. And every day I would text him, how's Diana, how's Diana? And again, it's the unknown that gets a little scary because you don't have an answer. And it was, it was frustrating because it's a, it's a telephone game, you know? You, yeah. you don't, you know, they're telling him information He's relating it to someone, and then someone is relating it to you. I'm texting you and telling you, 
you know, what's happening. So it's like, it's like playing telephone and you don't know what's happening. You wish you could just be there and just talk to the doctor, but they're not going to talk to you. Yeah. So it, it was, it was, it was that every day, yeah, but, every day. And then yeah, I'm very grateful for him. No, of course. And the Stephanie, you being of help to Rob about him, like having, being able to kind of just scream out whatever he got to say or whatever pressure he has on him helps him be helpful for Diana later. Exactly. And that's exactly how I see it. You know, he's letting off his steam, whatever frustration he had, he was just letting it off on the phone. Like if he was sad, if he was mad, if he was okay, like, and then he was good at night when he went to the hospital, he was calm and he can handle whatever was going to be thrown at him that day or that night when he got there after work or, or during the day, if he went during the day, like he was ready. Yeah. yeah, that's and that's helpful, and that helps then reserve that energy for then him to be attentive to Diana and making sure she has that right energy in that room in that yeah. space. Also, that's true. for that and it's like time. it's like when everybody walks into the room and like their eyes are puffy, but they're like smiling, like "Oh, how are you?" Fine. But right, it's <laughs> gonna be okay. <laughs> You'll be like, yeah. yeah, that's true. And that was like common. Like that was, I mean, which is understandable, you know what I mean? Like, especially my parents, like my parents were like having these conversations with the surgeon where the surgeon was keeping it real with them and saying, I don't know how this is going to end up. Like this may not be a good result. You know what I mean? So for, for a parent to have to accept that, it's, it was difficult for them as well. So it's like all of those things in combination with me understanding that every time you go into a surgery, you're taking a risk, period. It's just, it is what it is. Like it, and then me having to kind of pump myself up every single time I was going into surgery, I was just like, this is, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna wake up. Me telling myself, I'm gonna wake up. It's gonna be all right. Because you have to have that attitude. You have to, there's no other option. Because if you start feeling like, oh, this is it. The mind is a very powerful thing. And if you keep telling yourself, this is it, it will be it. Like you have to, you have to fight through and you have to be strong, period. Like, it's just, you wake up because you want to in any surgery. So if anybody is scared, you've got to be brave when it comes to things like that. You have to. For sure. For sure. How's the recovery process now that you're home? And well, kind of how, how's that looking like? The recovery process was extremely difficult. Um, after I had surgery six and seven, um, you know, six was supposed to be the last one. And in general, what they were trying to do was close me up all the way on surgery six. And they still couldn't because, oh, in between the surgeries, by the way, everybody, I was never closed. So I was literally sitting on these beds and laying on these beds with an open wound the whole time. Man. So by surgery seven, they were able to close my stomach all the way. <clears throat> um, most painful thing in the world felt like I got sawed in half. And um, they didn't want to give me like real strong painkillers because they don't want me to become an opiate addict. And the opiate crisis is crazy out here. Correct. So they're gonna. So they had me on, on morphine, and that shit to me was like cookies. Like I was like, this isn't doing anything for me. Oh. Um, that's how serious the pain was. So that that in itself, like you have such a bad attitude. Like I was being rude to people. I was just like I was depressed. Like it was just like I wasn't. I didn't want to see anybody. I wasn't answering my phone. I wasn't answering no texts. I, was, I didn't want anyone to see me. I didn't want, I was just, I just was in a dark place. So when I finally came out that surgery, they want you to start walking ASAP. Like it's not something like, oh, you can lay down and you can keep being on your back for all this time. 
it doesn't matter where you have surgery. As long as your legs are functional, you have to get up. And they, they, they make you stand up. Guys, it's not easy to stand up after having all these surgeries and after having, you know, stitches in your abdomen. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's difficult. So very humbling. I had to get physical therapy to just literally walk 20 steps. It's just, it, it was like starting over. Like, it's, it was crazy. Like, my legs were so heavy. <coughs> of course, I felt weak because I wasn't eating food. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there, it was just, I lost a hell of weight because, you know, I was, I couldn't, I didn't eat food for like three and a half weeks. So I, I did reach my goal weight, but it wasn't the way I wanted to. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it was just. Looking at the brighter side of the yeah. 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 I think we all lost weight. <laughs> I lost weight too. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. Oh. Right? We all hit our goals. <laughs> so you know it was just it was just hard man like straight up so like walking learning how to walk again you know what i mean um basically doing arm exercises um introducing liquid back into your body again um put my hand sounds so um you know just little just things like that things that you just like it's crazy man like you need help to do everything like it's just when people have to bathe you when people have to help you get up to use the bathroom when they when they take the catheter off and they're saying no more catheter because you gotta stand up you know those moments that you're just like oh my god every time i have to pee i have to get up like it's just you don't understand like your health is so important man like you gotta protect your body. You have to like you don't you don't ever want to be in a position that you risk your body ever. Because I saw I know what it felt like to not be able to use my body fully, and it was the worst nightmare of my life. Yeah. It was horrible. Like you just feel like I'm a prisoner to this. Like it's crazy. But you when when I had I had like a team of people helping me, a team, like no joke. I had 24-hour nurses, I had you know, breathing therapists, I had physical therapists, I had people who were my pain managers. Like I had, I swear on a daily basis, like 10 people that were on the clock just making sure that I lived. It was just, my surgeon will see me every single day. He will sit there and talk to me and he'll be like, listen, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be, like, it was just, it was a mental thing too. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of this has to do with your mental strength. So then, through recovery when I was able to finally accomplish certain things that you must accomplish and not to be gross you have to be able to have a bowel movement in order for you to be okay and that shuts down too because when you don't move when you don't eat you can't have bowel movements you know what I mean so it's like when you have to accomplish certain things that once again that we all take for granted and fast forward to right now when I was able to be released from the hospital thank god um I unfortunately, my wound um, has has not closed all the way, so I have something called the wound back to make sure that my wound heals. So that's part of my recovery, and this is the wound back right here. For those of you who are watching, it's like a little machine. Oh, I saw you wearing that earlier, and I was like, oh, she in fashion with the whole satchel <laughs> thing, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> You with the fanny pack satchel kind of thing, so you kind of in the mix. 
I kind of am in the mix and how many people can tell. So that does allow me to do small things. Like I can go, let's say I want to take a walk and so it looks like I'm just wearing like a, like a satchel or a bag, but it's actually a tube that's connected to my abdomen that's providing suction 24 hours a day wow. to help the wound um, seal and my skin to mend itself again. So it, you know, it's, it's better than where I was. You know what I mean? Even though this isn't ideal, it's way better than where I was. Was the wound originally left open after the prior surgeries because they knew they were going to do more surgeries or yes. they weren't prepared? Okay. Wow. Yes. That's, they, knew that's... That the, the, they, they knew the job wasn't finished, basically. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about that, like how they already know to leave something open to be like, that this is going to be a continuous process. Yeah. They were very careful was is is what they were doing. They were making sure that they didn't like in the in the beginning that they didn't close her up knowing that there could be another issue. They wanted to make sure that there wasn't gonna be a continuous issue. Um, which is why they left her open. By the way, the being the friend that's three thousand miles away, I did googling of the hospital just to make sure we were on standards. I was okay. one of the. I'm one of those people. Would be like, of course, of course. Yeah. I'm very grateful. We're ten minutes away from the hospital, yeah. and it, it, it is a very good hospital. We have another hospital that's maybe fifteen minutes away, um, Jackson. Uh, but we would only. I, I always joke around saying, you know, living in Miami, that's the only hospital you want to go to if you get shot. You know, because no, that's no. what they specialize in. Like it's. No. <laughs> We know um, all those who know no. those who know. <laughs> Their trauma center is extremely uh, busy. Yeah, like something happens to you in the Bahamas, time. they're going to take you in a helicopter, they're going to yeah. take you to Jackson. That's the first one that comes, yeah. yeah. I'm saying, I was just doing my Googles and checking ratings. Of course. Of course. I'm, like, I'm like, I just want to make sure, because that's not, a, like you said, like that, that's not the standard usual hospital that people go to, depending on what circumstances you have. Depending right? on the circumstances, yeah. So that's why I was like, what's going on? Who? Well, we gotta we're, pay. We're pretty close to Jackson Memorial. Like we're pretty close because yeah, sure. we live so close to downtown. So like when you live like in a centralized area like this, like you're close to everything. So we're close to Jackson. And if I would have called the ambulance, I probably would have ended up at Jackson. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I ended up going to Mercy Hospital, which is in a Riquito neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. you don't want to act like things like that don't matter. Like that does matter. If if something's in a good area you're probably going to have a better caliber of service. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we made it to the emergency room, I would say, close to 3 in the morning. Yeah, it was like 3.50. And we were seen in 10 minutes. You know, we just had to sign some paperwork. If we would have gone to Jackson, in my opinion, nothing against them, I, I believe we would have been waiting for a couple of hours before being able to see a doctor. And that's usually the story, unless... You got shot or something <laughs> very traumatic happened. Well, they always tell you don't go to Coral Springs, but we won't. We won't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'm sure. Drive to the other town to get to where you're going. Even if it takes you ten more minutes, you make that drive to the next town over. Yes. Yeah. They always say. Right. Say that. Well, I guess it's the difference between like a public hospital and like a, a private. hospital, a private, a private yeah. hospital. Yes. Those, yeah. Those are major differences. Um, and so as we continue, one major question I know that people are asking, where is Mr. Bentley himself in all of this? How does he feel? <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't handle his weight because he's, he's about 75 pounds. So I, I can't like walk him. I can't like bend down. Well, I'm, I really, in general, I can't bend down. So anyone who's a dog owner, there's no way that you can have a dog without bending down. 
So you have to you have to be able to kind of know when your limitations don't allow you to do something. So mm-hmm. we all know I can't handle him. So luckily my mom is taking care of him until my recovery is over. Okay, that's great. Oh, he must have missed you. I, I miss him. I miss him. For sure. For I sure. can imagine because dogs can feel all that energy also like in a room or like when the owner's missing you know when yeah. you're like packing your clothes ready to go on vacation they know what you're doing they know that's yes, luggage they, yes, they, they really do. know that's luggage they do. and so it just you always wonder about his you know how he's kind of right and they and they can also tell like you know this whole thing with emotional support animals that people are just taking it too far and they're like come on you know what i mean but um your animal is your emotional support mm-hmm. because they can tell if their owner is down. They can tell when you need a hug. Like there's been times that I've cried and my dog has licked the tears off my face. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like they can they know. Your dog knows. So it's like, I know if he was around me, he would know that something's up. Mm-hmm. And so how does the continued support of your friends kind of push you forward throughout this uh journey of recovery i mean i know me we just talked through via text and i could just encourage and you take your time when it comes especially to this project of fresh mondays podcast um but the help of everyone else around you how does that keep you pushing for during this recovery time i think um patience is the best uh reoccurring thing that i keep on getting from both of them just it's okay like it's gonna be okay just focus on on getting better you know instead of allowing yourself to be overwhelmed with this being a slow process. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that if it wasn't for my support system reminding me to take things one step at a time, uh, by nature, I'm a little bit of like una persona de separazo. It's like, it's just difficult for me to like, just sit back and let people do everything for me. Um, It's just, it's hard for me. Uh, Aside from being a little bit of a control, you know, I have a little issue with control. You know what I'm saying? I can kind of say that out loud. So, you know, and, it's hard to like sit back and watch people do things for you when you have that type of personality. But, sure. you know, it's just, it, it, patience is 100%. If it wasn't for my support system, I don't think I would have it. She's recovering very quickly. Because yes. um, <laughs> I'm seeing her week by week. Right now she's doing great. And it's funny, earlier I was joking around, I was saying that, you know, sometimes she just does. And I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> uh, so it, it, I have to sometimes remind her that, listen, you know, we're here, all here to help. Um, so, and then one thing that I like to do is just put things in perspective, you know, um, for her. And I'm just bring to light how we should be grateful that she's actually here. She can walk, she can talk, um, and she can do. Um, she's, she's very capable, uh, she still needs help, but she, as time goes on, she's becoming more and more capable to, to live her life. So. No, definitely. I, again, it's the positivity that I try to put out for her. And I, and I know Diana and I, Diana and I are a lot alike. We like we're very independent. We just like to handle things ourselves, whatever it is, like we're going to handle it. Mm-hmm. And it's time for her to kind of just step back right now and let Robert handle whatever it is that needs to be handled. And she just needs to, I told her the other day, be on the bench real quick. Let him, <laughs> let him shoot the shot. Be on the sidelines. Just, just chill, <laughs> chill on the bench. Yeah, 
let them call the shots all the way under here. Listen yeah. and just, and then when it's your time, he's gonna tag you in, and then you're gonna go back in the game, and then you know he might be on the bench. So that's how you have to look at it. I mean, you know, it's a partner partnership. Yeah. Um, but her recovery has been amazing. I actually went on vacation and I haven't seen her for probably a little more over a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And when I saw her last weekend, I was she was like a brand new woman. It was because, amazing because yeah, she spent the day with me at the hospital. And when she was there, like, I know she, of course, she's not saying anything, but I know the first time she saw me, she, like, it kind of, like, broke her. She's like, oh, God. She was like, I can't believe this. Like, it did. Like, it impacts you. It, it is impacting. It did. I'm trying to be strong with a smile on my face, you know, like, you know, I want to cry right now. Because it's, it's, yeah. it's a lot to see somebody that you know that's fine and all of a sudden see them in a, in a position. Like, she saw me, and I totally get that. Mm-hmm. And she don't even know I was, I was good then. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was bad. You like, know? I missed weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when I saw her last week, it, it was like a brand new person. Yeah. Her voice, so much better. She had a glow to her. You know, she just looked happier. And I don't know if it's yeah. because she's home. because I'm eating food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just, and I was just, it made me so happy. I was, I just put a smile on my face. And I'm like, look at you. Like, you look great. And she was moving around and walking and, like, doing her thing. And it was just, it's like you're witnessing, like, a miracle, like, right before your eyes. That's, like, the best way I can put it. Yeah. From, and I, like she said, I didn't see her at, like, way before so i can't even imagine or robert experience is totally different than mine <laughs> like i thought i saw it at the worst but i haven't and to see it's like a miracle just happening before your eyes every single day and yeah. so he went because i see it every week he sees it every single day and you know the other day she posted she went on a walk and i'm like oh my god you went on a walk that's what i i was like oh she's out here yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i was like let me give her a call because she's just doing things yeah exactly <laughs> And yo, guys, I was looking like straight, not gross. And he was still telling me I was beautiful. Every oh, day. she is. She is. She is. That's, that's the little things, guys. That's the thing that keeps you going. I promise you, because the it last does. thing I felt or looked was beautiful. beautiful. You know what I mean? I had all kinds of eyebrows. I love that. I was, I was telling her, keep those eyebrows growing. I'm like, when you get out of here, I read going to look Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I have my straight freedom on, like, really, like, <laughs> A few days ago, I said, babe, I want to take you out. I feel like you need some fresh air. Let me, you know, catch a little bit of sun. She said, okay, good. So I want to go get my eyebrows done. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do my hair. I'm like, all right, fine, let's do that. <laughs> it makes yeah. it feel so good. It, it makes does. It, it makes a big difference. It's a huge it difference. It does. It it's part of the recovery process, okay? It's all of the recovery like, process. Your aunties be like, okay, so don't worry me how when you get your hair done. Like when they start throwing the subliminals, like, don't worry. You'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> and me, I'm rough, friend. I'm like, I'm looking for it. So now nah, it's just, it, boy, guys, you can't take a whole shower when you have things like, like things that, yo, you don't understand the things you miss. Like it's just being able to be in the shower. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I can't wait for this all to be over. Yeah. I'm telling you. Well, just, you know, take it in, take it in stride and and the recovery process. I mean, you look amazing through camera here. You You sound amazing, even though it's half voice, but it really just, you can still hear it in a different sense of like, there's some, you know. Bro, I almost died 
and I didn't. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Life is a whole nother level life, for you right now. Life is beautiful. Life is everything. Mm-hmm. Life is everything. One hundred percent. I will. I'm a different person. One hundred percent. Yeah. It has an impact on you. And of course, shout out to that hospital with those staff with um, like medicine is amazing. Medicine is amazing himself. And then just medicine at the same time, science and those kind of things. It's just a blessing. And those people with those hands that, you know, have to help you and did the work in those kind of things. Like those are true blessings that people have when you have the ability to do those kind of that work as well. Right. And that's a, that's a thankless job. You know what I'm saying? Like, these people have to put up with a lot of stuff and being in a hospital for that long, you get to like hear and like see different things. And one thing that I, that also humbled me when I thought, you know, my, my situation is the worst. The world is against me. I can't believe this is happening. There were people that were like in rooms next to me that were like amputees. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when that happens, there's no coming back from that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like that kind of puts you in perspective and saying my situation it's not as bad as it could be for like it is for others you know like sure there was a situation with a, a woman that was on my floor that she had already lost her entire right leg and whatever bacteria she had is now causing her left leg to go wow. you know what i mean so it's like seeing things like that walking in the room because you know for therapy you have to, to do walks so i would just mm-hmm. take walks in the hallways and I would look inside of the hospital rooms and you kind of see familiar faces and some people go and they come and you're still there. And all the nurses would be like, you're still here. And I'm like, that's not nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, you know, you, you just hear about these cases, about people flipping out, about people coming out of anesthesia the wrong way, about people ripping out their IVs. Like you just, it's just, it's the hospital is, it's no one wants to be there. You know what I mean? But it's like, when you are there and you're there for that long and you start to see that there's people with situations that are really bad, really bad. And you just, you just, I I became grateful at that point. Like, you know what, I'm going to actually be okay. There's people in here that this is going to be a life-changing situation. That's never going to be the same. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's important. and, And this restored my faith in a very big way. Um, the power of prayer is, is very strong. And like, I would not be the person that would say that before. I'm, I'm too, I'm too skeptical. I'm too factual based. I'm too sciencey in a way. So it's like, I've never, I've always had my own relationship with God, but I've never had like, a, I always had a small doubt of my own, but I feel like this experience made me remove the doubt because it's, I don't know how to explain it. I just, I just can feel it. It's something you can feel. It's yeah. just, yeah. yeah it's, it's had the same effect with me as well. Um, I've had, I would say, a similar mindset as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, it really humbled me. Um, when you have, when you have no control and there's nothing you can physically do to make the situation better, um, all you have left is faith and, you know, and believing in the higher being. Uh, which is gone. So it definitely had the same, a similar effect with me as well. And I believe it had a similar effect with a lot of other people as well who really care about Diana and want to see her get better. <laughs> Even sure. from the people that, like her doctors, their nurses, like everyone that was placed in her life during that period of time, it's like they were literally godsend. 
they were amazing mm-hmm. to her to the point that she would express herself about them to me like they like wow like no she's amazing no you need to meet this one he's amazing my doctor he's great and like the view in your it was just insane she got the best view in her room it, it was like i walked in and i'm like you have god like here like it's like amazing. It was just like the ocean it, it was gorgeous. just the ocean oh now see like how can you now? You said Miami shit. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like how can you now wake Beautiful up? Beautiful boats passing yeah. by. You <laughs> see like jet skiing, ocean jet view. skiing. Like how can you not be grateful waking up to that view? Right. Like it was just like these little things that it's like God was just taking care of her in such a tremendous way, and it was just beautiful to witness. I also I also believe that everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, we're, we're speaking about perspective and things like that. And I really think, you know, this, this whole situation has given everyone a different perspective and a greater appreciation for life, mm-hmm. um, for each other, for friendship and for help. You know, I also believe that Diana has been very, very good and very consistent and joining me in the gym. Yeah. Um, and I believe that has helped her with her recovery process because she's, from the very beginning to now, she's been, she became a very strong individual. Well, up to the to the, the day of surgery, mm-hmm. but she became a very um, strong individual, and mm-hmm. I believe that gave her how do I, how do I want to put it like an advantage. Yeah, no, it does give an advantage. It yeah. does. It does because because ultimately, um, you know, it is what it is. If you if you're bedridden for any human being, you could be. Uh, an Olympic gold medalist, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have a hard time getting up. But the point is that your muscle memory, memory starts to kick in, you know what I mean? So it allows you to kind of surpass certain steps. And I knew that because the therapist would tell me, I, you know, I'm surprised you can walk around the hallway four times this, this early in the game. We were expecting you to only be able to do two, you know what I'm saying? So it's like little small things do make a difference. And Yo, I, I never knew how important it was to eat. <laughs> like, <laughs> I swear to God, like, I don't mean that in a fat way. I mean that in a way like, yo, food is nutrition. Yeah. Nutrition food is for real. So key, man. Her, her surgeon made a point to make sure that she consumes a certain amount of calories so that she can recover as quickly as possible. Like, it's just, yeah, like you, your wound doesn't even heal. Your wound will heal unless it's you have a certain nutrition. amount of calories. Sure. Wow, your body is burning recuperating from everything that happened it's constantly burning so many calories right that she has to continue to eat because of the amount of calories she's burning every single day yeah right. your body's in shock also from everything yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah for sure. in shock yeah well i'm so happy that we are back yeah that's 100 one like i have this has not happened in what you say like it's almost two months that yeah, I forgot I how in, to set it up and I deleted I, things off my computer so I had to figure this I out. went in in March and I didn't come out until May so we haven't done a recording since March yeah and yes. it's, it's it's freaking June you know what <laughs> I mean so yeah it's it's insanity so we're excited to be back of course to let you guys know everything we're taking in stride and in small steps of course as Diana continues her recovery so we won't promise every week, but we'll do our best in working what we can. Um, we will have special guests. I have a couple of people lined up from the West Coast because we've been getting hit up from all sides. People wondering where we are. 
um, and just prayers, because of course you made some posts and things like that. Um, and you guys have been with us and following along with us, so we appreciate it. Um, so more is to come, and we will continue adding in kind of where you are in your recovery process during every episode, keeping everyone up to date um, and things that are happening and going on. For sure. And um, uh, I would say, um, since this is about health, guys, um, take care of your body. Your body's your temple. You only have one. Um, and, and if you having a hard time with something, talk about it. Reach out to your friends. Express yourself. Tell your family how you feel. And also tell people that you care about that you care about them because you don't know what can happen. Like I am so aware of my mortality right now that it has led me to understand that if you're going to love somebody, love them. If you're going to be friends with somebody, be their friend. If you're going to enjoy your life, enjoy it. And if you're going to claim that you're going to be a healthy person, then be a healthy person because this, this, we literally just have one life to live. And I, I guess I never really, really, really believed that until I almost lost my life. So that's my, my takeaway from, from this health specific topic that we're talking about right now. Thank you for that. And before we leave and before we finish off the podcast, we usually do our recommendations of the week. I need so, you to do the jingle because I haven't heard it in a while. So oh, how did it go? <laughs> <laughs> oh it was recommendations of the week something like that um and you did ask me while you were in the in your recovery process in the hospital some suggestions on netflix and i just started throwing off some random stuff people yeah. don't usually like what i watch i watch more documentaries and comedies and romantic comedies because anybody got time for it. oh my god i saw dating around by the way while i was in the hospital Oh, you recommended College Friends, and I enjoyed it. So good. A right? lot. Like, yeah. a lot. So they canceled it. Like, oh was amazing. Yeah. No, see, they canceled it. It was hilarious. Because Netflix just does things that's not necessary. Um, I listened to your recommendations. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, those, oh, man, College Friends from College is amazing, or whatever it's called. That's whatever it was called, yeah. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, let's do a recommendation of the week. And guests also have your recommendations ready. Um, this is for, again, we might just be on a Netflix binge. I don't know. I recently started uh, Jailbirds. And if you haven't watched Jailbirds, it's amazing. It's hilarity. And you don't find, jail's not funny. <laughs> and what they were doing and what they did to get there is not funny. But it's like this where you make the best of your circumstance, right? So we're talking about this recovery process and everything that Anna's been through and you go, you do with what you have. They literally deal with what they have. If it means touching shit that comes out the toilet in order to communicate, if it means, yeah, it's, it's, it's dire and they have personalities. I don't know where they found these women. I don't know where they found these men and this triangle of love that happens in prison it's, and they don't even see each other physically. It's just amazing. Wow. It's just, it's so fascinating how as humans, we will make the best out of anything. We are survivors. That's what that is. Survivors to the max. Um, so I think that's a great show to just watch. It's pretty short and really good. And I have one more, which I recently started uh, Veep on HBO. 
Oh, I hear it's fantastic. Yeah, I have heard it's good stuff. Freaking hilarious. The, the series ended um, around the same week Game of Thrones ended. And literally the most hilarious show I have ever seen in my life. Because she don't give a shit. And she's the vice I mean, president. She's, she's fantastic. I mean, shout out to Seinfeld. You know what I mean? Like, yes. She's, she's everything. Yes. She's absolutely hilarious. It's a vice president. It makes you feel like real life. Like this was made years ago. Yeah. And it connects to today too easy. Oh, and you're yeah. like, how do they know four years ago? Because it's all bullshit. That's why. <laughs> at, the end, <laughs> at the end of the day. But it was just the most hilarious. It's a great, great, great show to watch um, if you want to sit back and laugh. So those are my... Um, is it being a cancer survivor as well or something of that nature? I believe so. Yeah, I, I think so. so. Yeah. Um, thank you for those recommendations. And people really do actually love your tape and shows. So. Thank you. Um, we, we were definitely going to check that out um, when I finish the series that I'm watching. Um, well, my recommendation is for those that I have to live through you guys right now, guys, because, you know, the vibe is kicking in. Everybody's barbecue and chilling and walking <laughs> the streets. It's hot again. You wearing these tight little dresses, girls. I see y'all. The guys get, get out the gym with the tank tops, all that. You know, like that vibe, that summertime, that summer. That I just, I just want to be out. You know what I mean? Like I'm Miami. right. I'm yeah. gonna start taking these flights and it's popping and oh my god, I, guys, I'm living through you right now. Okay, so I have, a, I have a, an actual EP that I want to recommend. A okay. brand new artist. He is Trinidadian and Dominican. So this vibe is very island with a few kettles, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty dope, it's pretty dope. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm late, but it's called Flavors and it's called Late Night Jiggy. And he has a song that I guess the most popular one is Mimosas. For those of you who might have heard it, right. So he, his other music is good as well, but um, it's a vibe, you know what I mean? So it's, it's definitely <laughs> like that type of vibe. So it kind of introduces the summer type of okay. jazz. So I, I would recommend that. And you know what? Uh, here in our podcast and me and Marty, we love undiscovered talent. We, we love do. like the underground rappers and singers and vocalists that have dope music and like they're not played on the radio. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, I found this gem. And it's like the first time I heard Six Slack and I was in Cali and I was like, yo, just do this. A beast, you know. What I mean? Yeah, he blew up, which yeah. is awesome. But it's just like when your artist makes it, like you feel like a personal win. Like, yeah. 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 like we just me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I ignored all of this. Like me. you want to say, I supported him first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or when you get like real mad when people catch on, but then it gets too popular. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. the weekend, perfect example. What? Perfect example. 100%. Like as soon as like everybody got on it, I was like, all right, I don't oh, like his music anymore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's a good one. That's my that's my recommendation. I want everybody to have like a bunch of barbecues this summer. And I want everybody to just be out there enjoying the earth, the planet, go outside, everybody, get some sunlight and just oof, being locked up for 50 days ain't fun. So that's what I'm calling was sentence. <laughs> so it's like you need to like you need yes. to be outside, you need to enjoy the weather. Yes. And guests, do you guys have any recommendations? It can be anything. It can be, it can be well, anything. I love, I love things. I like the guest recommendations. What right. do the guests have to recommend? I'll let you go first. I'm the... Oh, okay. <laughs> um, if you guys have Amazon Prime, um, I will recommend my, one of my favorite shows, Sneaky Peek. 
Oh, yeah. I talked to Diana about that show, and it is an amazing show. It's about a con artist, and he's sick, guys. Like, he's good. Like, he is really good. Um, and they're on third season, I think. So, but really good show on Amazon Prime. I've seen it. And the thing is, you people forget, if you have Amazon Prime, just in general, to order things, you have their whole back, yes. their whole catalog of videos and everything. People do forget. People you do forget. forget. You're paying $10, $13.99 a month. You do yearly, a little cheaper. Um, do that yearly, ladies and gentlemen. It's yearly, a little yeah. cheaper. Um, but you forget that you have, and you have Amazon Music for free. Guys, yes. let's just admit that Amazon has taken over our lives. Yeah. yeah. Okay. in the house, right. in the world. It's actually I have, scary. I have no comments right now on Amazon. But yes, yes, they do take over a lot. Take advantage of your subscription. Take advantage of the of freedom that we're now entire subscription. Right. And you know what? Amazon Music app is actually really cute and like really, it, it's like really friendly. Good. They have a lot of music. It's it really does. Good it's really nice. So my recommendation would be a series that I recently got into. I had no idea I was going to get into. And it, it started because I, I saw Diana watching it and I was able to, I was able to watch the very first um, episode and it, got, it caught my attention. And I said, okay, here's Diana on some interesting new series on Netflix. I'm probably not going to get into it and I'm, I'm not going to find it interesting, but it's actually pretty good. We're on what, episode three or four? No, we're like about to hit five now. Okay, so what's it called? The Umbrella? Uh, the Umbrella Academy. Umbrella, uh, Umbrella Academy, perfect. Yeah, check it out. Good. Yeah. It's a little, it has a mixture of like um, sci-fi in a sense because it has a superhero element to it, but it's not super superhero because I hate super superhero. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's just like, it was just shoved so hard down our throats for so many years that I'm just like, am I enough with the superheroes, yeah. you know what I'm And saying? the movies that, that are coming out, everything. It was, everything just, it was well. just too much, it was yeah. too much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, that is a pretty good show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. by the way, guys, um, we watch a lot of TV, you know what I mean? Like, Maybe, yeah. A lot of it has been done, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, it's the American way. Yeah, I mean, it passes the time too. And if it's good quality television, where you're not like, it's not dumbing down your brain in certain things. It's actually giving you something out of it. It's really interesting. Although I watch Jailbirds, so. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think I'm necessarily learning from this specific genre, <laughs> but um, there's things, you know what? You know what, actually, let me, let, me, let me actually mention something. For those of you who question this religion thing a lot and, and have a lot of atheists out there that don't believe in God and all that other great stuff, he introduced me to an amazing um, professor who actually is like a, 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 like I would say like a national, no, a world speaker. Yeah. And he goes to different places and he actually discusses the subject of God and religion. And he's even had debates, debates. with like Nobel Prize winning scientists. Oxford University and Harvard. <coughs> His name is Ravi Sakarias. Okay. Oh my God. We were That's watching good. it the other day on YouTube and it was just, so enlightening to hear, you know, people asking him questions and saying and saying, you know, what I don't, I don't agree with what the Bible is saying, or why does the Bible say this, and how are we supposed to believe that this is true, and like, all these really good questions that you wish that you could just ask a person that's educated, not like just like a person who's a leader of a church that's going to give uh -huh. you a version. Like he just gave you such a great response. Um, one of my favorite responses was because a person, real quick, I don't want to like go over time. Um, the person asked, 
is the Bible basically sexist? Like, is there a sexist undertone to it? Does like, does the Bible favor a gender more than another? Very legitimate question, yeah. especially mm -hmm. nowadays with this whole movement of equality within men and women. Um, and us all knowing that in past history, there's always been some type of a hierarchy when it comes to the male gender mm -hmm. versus female gender. So his response was just so freaking awesome. We looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> no, one, no one can get mad at that. I was like, good like it, it is good. not it like gender bias like sure. just listening to him like he's just That's so yeah, he's just so educated really that it's like i don't know how to explain it you know when you're kind of a skeptic mm -hmm. unless you respect the person's intelligence you're not going to take you know what you're I mean? not going to take it for, for what it is yeah so like he's just he's just there you know what i mean so it's, it's awesome and for those of you who are having your doubts or you just want to clarify i think that's a great thing to watch my source of entertainment is youtube guys so i like a lot of non-fiction a lot of factual based uh shows documentaries and things like that so if i'm ever on a future episode and <laughs> next time you guys ask me about a recommendation it will most likely be a youtube channel yeah for sure not some deep web youtube though yeah some other <laughs> Just about the levels on there but thank you guys again thank you to our special guests my bitcoin <laughs> you know since i haven't been in the community anymore it's kind of i feel like the outsider now that'd be like who wants to be a part of that once i'm in it i'm like i get it and i get yeah i want to be a part of that one more time mm -hmm. um thanks again for joining us we appreciate it our first guest is returning back um we will definitely keep you guys updated make sure you're following us on instagram at fresh mondays podcast you're following us on youtube at fresh mondays podcast following me at love marley underscore l u yeah l u v m a r l e y underscore you can find diana at i am diana c underscore that's i am diana c underscore that's on instagram make sure to also email us guys if you guys have any show ideas any recommendations if you guys want to be a part of the show, if you guys know of a topic that would be interesting for us to discuss, um, we do check our emails and we have received guests from that process. Yes. So make sure to reach out and feel free to DM us as well at, at Fresh Mondays Podcast on Instagram because we do check that on a regular basis and we try to make sure to incorporate new talent, um, new ideas and new topics as much as we possibly can. Yeah. Make sure to share, make sure to tell people about us make sure to, to subscribe to like us too you know what i mean yes uh, thank double you tap. uh for the double taps <laughs> and the reposts and um for all of us that are everybody who's listening locally everyone who's listening in the west coast east coast everybody's listening overseas everybody listening up in canada we appreciate you yes we appreciate everyone thank you guys again and have a great monday happy memorial day thank you